welcome to the Driveway Beers Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share on any platform that you're listening on. All right, welcome back to another show. Right off the bat, wasn't supposed to touch the microphone, touch the microphone. <laughs> I didn't. I was going to, and I said, you know what? I'm not doing it. Yeah, and so then I did it. We'll see who's making the noise. Yeah, we're, we're trying to eliminate the ting, ting, tings from the recordings, and uh, hopefully this will do that, and I'm really going to try not to touch the microphone. Okay, but welcome back to another show. Thank you for coming back. Please like, subscribe, comment, share. Uh, smash that like button for all the kids out there. I think that's how they say it. Um, go to drivewaybeerspodcast.com. Get yourself a VPN. Privateinternetaccess.com slash drivewaybeers is our code. Uh, you'll get yourself a nice little discount on two years. Uh, it's only $55 for two years, which is great for a VPN. When some... Some of these services, you see them advertised all over the place. They're charging upwards of $11 a month or can even, even on their deals, they're charging close to 5 or $6 a month. So if you go with the private internet access deal for two years, you get it for about $2.11 a month. And it's one of the better uh, VPNs out there. So go to drivewaybeerspodcast.com. Go ahead and click on our link for private internet access and sign up today. We do earn a commission. I uh, just want to put that out there. All right. So there was some big news in the world of politics. Um, one uh, former, former presidential candidate that we had talked about in the past that we had both really liked uh, and was actually on the Democrat side. I know most people that listen to us probably think we're hardcore Republicans. Um, but... Both of us have bo- voted for both parties in the past, and we tend to like uh, centrists, but not party loyalists. Um, we li- we like the populist candidates a little bit, um, I- I- at least if they're uh, the establishment candidates, just haven't uh, they don't seem very genuine nowadays. And who knows? They maybe they never were. But anyway, yeah, they probably never were. Uh, one candidate we both really liked a lot. Uh, was Tulsi Gabbard, mm-hmm. and she was a congresswoman. Congresswoman from yep. Hawaii. From Hawaii. Yep, okay. she was in the House. Um, just want to make sure. She, I think Hawaii only has one. I think so. I just want to make sure I wasn't shorting her when she was really a, uh, a senator, right? And, but I think she was a congresswoman. Mm-hmm. Um, she posted on her. Shoot, I know she posted it on our locals page, but I think she put it on either Instagram or Twitter. I think it was Instagram with her official announcement that she was leaving the Democratic Party. Yep, um, she's not joining the Republican Party. Though. And she also did it on on Joe Rogan, right? So October eleventh, the episode on Joe Rogan. She might have put it there first. Maybe she told him first. Yeah, um, that she was leaving the party. <coughs> And two of the reasons she gave, I believe, were uh, racism against white people, which I was surprised considering she's a minority. Mm-hmm. If you, I believe she's Indian American. She's a, yeah, she's, I think so. Um, uh, I know she's, well, Gabbard, I think, is her married name anyway. It is, it is, yeah. it is. Tulsi is a shortened version of her natural name. Yeah. Uh, and Gabbard is her married name. Um, I, she, I want to say, maybe she's Indian. Yes. I want to say Indian. Yeah. Um, and 
she was she was put off by the Democratic Party being a very anti-white person party. Now, whether you believe that or not, that's up to you. But that was her reason. Yep. Um, and I also believe what was it? She said there was one other reason. If it was well, it I the, think uh, I think essentially it's kind of like for the reasons that that you know that we no longer identify as as Democrats is because the party's moved left of, they've just full on embraced the crazy. And, um, you know, she's not. And then, you know, they really did her, they pretty much, they did her dirty after she wouldn't get in lockstep with, um, and when she, she wouldn't get locked up with the party. And then she would not, when she ran for president, she is the, she's the one that torpedoed Kamala Harris. Well, torpedo's a rough word because all she did was just call her out on her. Well, yeah, record. she really. Yeah, she just essentially like she's the one that, you know, um, I guess according to the to the party loyalist torpedoed. But yeah. yeah, she's the one that really just kind of sunk that ship. Yeah, when I mean, and when she did it, at least from what she said on the Rogan podcast, she's like, I didn't know this was brand new news. Yeah. She goes, you could easily have found any of the information she said during that debate mm-hmm. with a simple Google search. Yeah. And she's like, I didn't think I was breaking any news. Yeah. I was just putting out there what nobody else on that panel would do. And the moderators weren't asking her about Yeah. It. Well, from there on though, she got labeled. Yeah. I, I, was that, was it after that, that Hillary Clinton labeled her a Russian asset? Right. And let's not forget. She's also a active duty or she's a reserve. She's a commissioned officer in the united states army right that hillary clinton's running around calling her uh a russian asset right a lady who has never served in any capacity other than her own self-serving interests right calling out someone who actually served in the army yeah and um yeah I, i think i mean that that was probably a a shock to a lot of democrats because tulsi was liked by a lot of the centrists in that party um but the party loyalists didn't like her because she didn't, she didn't toe the line, right? Because and you know in 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 Rogan's podcast because I just finished listening to it today, mm-hmm. and she actually you know when she crossed the 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 establishment part of the party, she wasn't the type that was going to stand there and just say just recite talking points. She was her own person. Yeah. And they couldn't take they couldn't handle that. She was a rogue. So, um and then she tried to pass a bill protecting Title Nine. She spo- co sponsored a bill with a Republican protecting Title Nine, which irritated them too. <laughs> um so yeah, she just kinda she just crossed them the wrong way. Um I forget, was it uh Wasserman Schultz down there in Florida who was the chair of the DNC, she pissed her off too. So Ooh. Well, wasn't she? She was the vice chair of the DNC. Yes, Tulsi was. Yeah, and apparently, it was during the Hillary Bernie primary. Mm-hmm. And this is all public knowledge that the DNC was giving information, or they were giving DNC uh, mailing lists or some kind of uh, additional information was being sent to Hillary. But not to Bernie. Mm-hmm. Like 
Bernie's team was asking for it and they weren't getting it. Yeah. Hillary's team was getting everything. Mm-hmm. And that was and this was when Wasserman Schultz was the head of the DNC yeah. and Tulsi was the vice chair. Yeah. And Tulsi was a Bernie fan. Mm-hmm. Not for the policies, but for his in, more more along the lines for his independence, right? Yeah. Um and this is pre pre primary Bernie mm-hmm. versus post where he seems to be lockstep. Oh, he's just fell right with line. everything in the party now. Yeah. Um and so I think she had provided pushback when she was the vice chair of the DNC. And, of course, she got fired from that position. Mm-hmm. Um, and But this was all before it got found out that all of this was happening in the background of the DNC. Yeah. And how Hillary had access to, uh, to information. Yeah. And, and, and when I say information, I'm talking like donor files, um, uh, voter rolls, like that kind of thing. Like. Things that can help a candidate win. Mm-hmm. And they were purposefully handicapping Bernie's campaign. Yeah. Um, which, who knows? I mean, he could have been the candidate had he had all the resources available to him because that was a tight primary. It was. And he, he went pretty deep into that. And the yeah. problem when you go deep into a primary is that the other side doesn't have to beat you up because your own side's beating you up trying to get. And a lot of people forget the primary is nothing that's guaranteed. The the parties don't have to honor any of that. The parties can elect, can run who they want to run. They don't have to abide by the primary. Right. Um, They don't even have to do them if they don't want to. So they do, but I, I don't, you know, they don't have to. So when the the Democrats just rather than just saying hey we want Hillary Bernie you better just ride off in the sunset, you know they tried to help uh, Hillary out because she was the ordained one she was the next one to run and then Bernie came out of nowhere right and and he found a lot of uh, he found a lot of support amongst and I'm going to use this word again populists yeah populists really don't go along with either party mm-hmm. they go against someone who's for. The people that's where populism yeah. comes from and of course by then they were like well hillary's not for the people at least bernie pretends to be for the people yeah, yeah. And i think the first primary bernie was yeah i don't think you can go deep into two national primaries like that and not really become part of the machine yourself yeah um it, yeah because it takes so much effort i think one you can go deep into and make a name for yourself but i don't think you can do two I think when you've gone deep into two, you're kind of, you know, a swamp creature at that point. Well, I mean, he's been there since the 70s. Yeah. I mean, before he was a senator, he was a house rep for Vermont. Mm-hmm. Before he was a house rep for Vermont, he was the mayor of Burlington. Yeah. The guy never had an actual job. Right. Right. He was always a politician. Mm-hmm. And no, nothing against that. I, look, I, I'm sure there are some people who do it. They're altruistic. I mean, Bernie at one point was the poorest person in Congress. Yeah. Where... I mean, if we really want to get into some meat and potatoes, I mean, just, I swear if you just do a Google search of Paul Pelosi, the man had a better investment record than Warren Buffett yeah. and George Soros, yeah. who happen to be two of the best investors of all time. Yeah. He he handily beat the S&P 500. <laughs> like... <coughs> It's not a coincidence that someone no one has ever heard of who doesn't run any fund was just raking in money hand over fist by 
just getting lucky in the stock market. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's all it was. It was luck. Right. It had nothing to do with his wife being the Speaker of the House. <laughs> Not, nothing. And, and the fact that the Speaker of the House and the Minority Leader in the House, well, mostly the Speaker of the House, knows about every single bill before it even makes it to the floor for a vote. Yeah. And knows whether it will be defeated or whether it's going to pass. Yeah. So you, you're telling you're, you're telling me that the husband had no no access to that information. Yeah, of course not. It's against the rule. It's against the rules. Oh, he wouldn't violate the rule. And oh, oh by the way, this isn't a Democrat or Republican issue because if you do a Google search for Kelly Leffler, mm-hmm. and I forgot the other Richard something, I forgot his name. Those were the of course the, the those people didn't weren't found to be guilty of anything either. Right, it, it's just par for the course. But that's how these people, you know, Nancy. I think Nancy Pelosi makes about two hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guess what? And you want to know how much they're worth? What two hundred million? Yes, <laughs> two hundred million. <laughs> All because of his genius investment. He must strategies. be good. Yeah, he must be fantastic. He's probably good at everything he does. I mean, some people just have all the charisma, yeah, and you know, all the luck. I mean, he's he, probably packing heat. He probably throws like a 90, 95, 96 mile an hour slider. Yeah. He's probably just good at everything. Everything. I th- I'm pretty sure that's it. Got a huge dong to Yeah. You know, keep keeping Nancy yeah. happy yeah. all the time. Because she looks happy all the time. She does. Yeah. So happy or, or yeah. confused. Yeah. Well, either way. You know. <laughs> and it, it, like, I'm not, again, I don't think it's Democrat or Republican. I think it's all of them. With the exception of, I, I think Bernie's wealth has skyrocketed since that primary. Yes, I think he probably. I think he finally got down with the get down. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is how this is done. Yeah, I would. Yeah, much dude, rather- you've been doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. I know, right, exactly. He he wasn't in those meetings. Have you ever seen? Okay, so there's a movie. I forget. It's it's Eddie Murphy. Train places. Where they where they go and they they he runs for Congress. Oh, not that one. No, and, no. Yeah, so he runs for Congress in Florida. And they become, they start their own party called the Silver Fox Party. So just they can scam <laughs> the, uh, so they can scam campaign fundraising. Yeah, but they end up winning. Yeah. Just so that they actually have to do their job. And, but he went into it specifically to scam right. campaign finance laws. Yeah. And because uh, they were, there were a bunch of, they played like a bunch of low level like con artists. And someone said, oh, the real con is in D.C. in politics. So they decide to run. They create their own party. So they run, you know, in Boca or something like that. All the old people vote for them. And then they actually become like, uh, you know, they become, you know, they find virtue and become, you know, legit representing their people. But initially it starts like <laughs> they go just to scam, which I think a lot of people get into politics like, I wonder how long it takes them to like succumb to the to the uh, swamp. Distinguished gentleman. Okay. Yeah. Um, Google machine worked real well while you were talking. There. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's like it. Yeah, with that movie, he goes into it knowing what he's going into it for. All these people, all the rest, all the real politicians are trying to make you believe that they're in it for the for the uh, the virtue. Yeah. And not the money. Mm-hmm. When. The money is why they all go. It's, I mean, you, I'm sure you figure out before you get to the House or the Senate that this is the way to make money. 
Yeah, well, so I, I want to say, because whenever Tulsi Gabbard's on a podcast I listen to, because I've always liked her, mm-hmm. and I think she has a good perspective, and she's a different voice than the, than the standard crap you hear out of D.C. Um, but she was talking about when you get into, when you get elected, you have to toe the line, and, like, you don't talk to certain people. And then... Because they can very easily say, you know what? The DNC says, we're not supporting you anymore. We're not, we're not providing you with, we're not sending the troops out to get you elected. We're going to actually, actually throw our support behind your primary opponent. And that's how they keep them all in line. And the thing is, they're more concerned with getting reelected than they are with actually governing. Right. And, but, you know, in Rogan's podcast, she, she got into this thing because, like, Donald Trump throws around the swamp creature uh, term a lot. But really, you know, what Tulsi said, it's this permanent Washington. It's high-level bureaucrats who are either appointees or have risen through the ranks. It's um, politicians, lobbyists, contractors, reporters. They're all in it together. They all run in the same social circle circles. They go to the same bars. They go to the same parties. Their wives all know each other. And you can't step out of line from these people because if you do, then you're committing like social suicide. Yeah. She also mentioned that there were, she mentioned two other factors in there. And that was the, she, I don't, she didn't call them influencers, mm-hmm. but she basically put her hands up kind of like above her head as two circles saying that, oh, and there's these other people that have influence mm-hmm. a lot of it. Um, and I thought that was very interesting. It was, it was kind of glossed over in the interview, but she was essentially saying that there are some, you know, if you were in prison, they'd be called shot callers Mm -hmm. for all you people that don't know the prison thing. Like I do, (laughs) not that I've been in the prison. I watch a lot of the TV. I learned a lot about the prisons. Uh, uh, history channel is great for that. Anyway. Uh, so essentially there's people that, fly under the radar no one's probably ever heard of them some i think rogan called them the cabal Mm -hmm. which i mean at this point they've called themselves the cabal if you ever read that do you remember i don't know if you remember that new york times column that came out and it was basically how there was these coalition of groups of people Mm -hmm. that essentially said they called themselves the cabal that saved democracy from (laughs) donald trump like that, yes, in like it yeah. was like, wait a minute. So you all colluded, yeah. To have, it was like the Lincoln Project, mm-hmm. and BLM was a part of it. Yeah, so it's like this huge coordinated effort of people to ensure someone didn't get elected. Like, but they said they did it for the for the good of democracy, right? Or to, no, I'm sorry, to protect democracy. Like they put it in terms so it sounded like they were virtuous in doing so, mm-hmm. and people ate it up. Oh yeah. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you for coming and saving us. Yeah. From Orange Man Bad. Orange Man Bad, yeah. And, well, it, but they admitted it. Like, yeah. You just admitted what everyone thought. Mm-hmm. That there's a group of people that aren't involved in the actual election or or candidate that's affecting elections. Yeah. Like, how, and everyone, like, and the fact that people just ate it up like, that. oh, yeah. D- like. Let's thank, thank God you did it. Right. 
what meanwhile, in the with you? previous election, it was Russia collusion. Oh well, yeah, no, no, there was yeah, Russia that was collusion. that was bad. Yep. Well, wasn't that a cabal? Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> as long as the cabal is against Orange Man bad, and I think both of us has made made it pretty clear, like neither one of us are, are Trump guys. I don't know, you know. Um, but in any case, when you have people who are openly saying like we are going to uh, we are going to force to to counter the will the free will of of the people, well, then that's bad any way you slice it. Um, so, but I, I love, I love what the, the terms they use as to why they don't like him. If it's every ism. Yeah. Right. Misogynistic. Or I'm sorry. Every istic. Misogynistic. Racist. Yeah. Um, well, sexist. Se- sexist. Yeah. All those. He, he, he nationalist. Hates, apparently he hates everyone. Yeah. Oh, he's a white nationalist. Apparently. Yeah. It's white supremacist. Yeah. That's what they call him. All the ists and isms. Yeah. Everything. They throw Every one of them at him. Yeah. Like, this guy isn't, like, he, he couldn't not be any of them. Right. Right? You, you're you just throwing it all out there. Yeah. And people eat it up. And it was there was, a, there was a comment. So someone was on Twitter, and they were like, you know, it, like, I was wrong about the, the, the COVID jab. You know, I apologize. I, I, I unwittingly, unwittingly knew no one, uh, uh, knowingly uh, spread the information about the COVID jab, preventing COVID transmission. Mm-hmm. And then someone, someone goes, when the apology, someone's like, oh, I, I accept the apology, whatever. Just people on Twitter talking, right? And I was like, when the apology is as emphatic as the hate against people who didn't believe you when you were saying the wrong thing, mm-hmm. then I'll accept the apology. Yeah. Because you went after people. You made those jabs mandatory. What about the people who are getting still getting fought? The, well, there was the, that Coast Guardsman. Well, Coast Guard, the, the Army, the guys from the Army yeah. that lost their jobs. Nurses mm-hmm. lost their jobs. It's a public health crisis, but let's fire nurses. Right. Yeah. Doesn't right. make any yeah. sense. You're now, so after they've been in the trenches for two years fighting this thing, now you're going to mandate that they get a jab. Now they can't. Now, after everything has died down and you don't need them anymore, now you're going to make it mandatory for a nurse to get it. Yeah. And if they don't, we'll fire them. Even though you, yeah. even though you spent two years working without it, working horrible hours yeah. because there weren't enough nurses. Right. But now that you don't need them because things have died down, well, f you. Yeah. You don't get it now. You get fired. Yeah, it, it, well, the, I didn't. Well, you, I obviously didn't need it when I was. You didn't care about me enough to say I shouldn't work in these hospitals without it. Mm-hmm. So, but now I need it, right? And I think a lot of nurses were like, "Nah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm good, thanks." Well, there was a big court case out of New York, I think, that said that when the city let go all those policemen and firefighters, that that was illegal, right? And the city can still appeal it, but. If if the city loses that, they're gonna be paying a lot of punitive damages and back pay to those guys, and and, 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 and they deserve to. And they're and it's not like those people have to go back to work. Yeah, they don't. They're not saying they, you now have to convince that person to go back to work for the people that just treated him like garbage. Yeah. Good luck with that. 
Because if I was one of those dudes, I would have moved right down to Florida, gotten hired by one of those those. Um, so the deputy, the uh, the sheriff's offices in Florida are actively recruiting NYPD officers. Mm-hmm. They're like, come down here. We love the police. We'll treat you well. the 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 pay is better, especially when you consider cost of living. Right. So like, yeah, send the check down to my new address in Oskaloosa County, Florida, That's right. or Orange County, Florida, or wherever I am. Send the check down there. Thank you. Yeah, and, well, you can come back because we need cops. Man, no thanks. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like it's not like those checks are going to be small. No. No. You're going to pay out big checks, and they're going to go work somewhere else making a good living. Yeah. And without half the hassle. Yep. It, it, and it's all self-inflicted. Yeah. Like, your hospitals are understaffed because you fired the nurses that didn't want to get the jab. Mm-hmm. And you're complaining that the hospitals are understaffed. You did it to yourself. Right. You're complaining about crime going up because you don't have enough police officers. When you fired the police officers because they wouldn't get the jab. hmm You did it to yourself. Yeah. And nobody has... And, and the funny part is, is that I don't think they realize that there's this sentiment outside of that city. Where people are saying, sorry, Charlie. Yeah. You did it to yourself. Well, well, Eric Adams was up there talking about like how New York has a brand. Kansas doesn't have a brand. New York has a brand. And I'm like, okay, New York does have, there's something to, but you guys are in your own little bubble. You're so, you're so impressed with yourself that it's almost like you've forgotten how ridiculous you look. To the rest of the world, like you're blinded by your own, uh, you know, your own love for yourself. Well, he just he he doesn't understand what the brand is. Yeah, the brand is glitz and glamour. The brand is opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Yeah, that's what it is. It, people don't go to New York City for the politics. Right. They might go for the diversity. People leave for the because of the politics. Well, true, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, you know. It, they they had that problem before Giuliani was elected mayor, mm-hmm. and then Giuliani helped clean up New York City, yep. and made it so that tourists were welcome back in the city and didn't mm-hmm. have to worry about being mugged and stuck up. Yeah, he closed the sex shops in Times Square, right. got all the bums out of Penn Station. I mean, not all of them. They're still right. I mean, a bum in Penn Station is part of the charm of Penn Station. And, and I'm not and I'm not saying, you know, the person Giuliani is now. Is a great dude. Yeah. But for New York City, he brought a lot of people back to New York City, even if they were just tourists. Mm-hmm. Which, it kind of brought New York City back to being that that city on a hill. Yeah. That beacon of light. That's where people wanted to go. That's where things were happening. Yeah. Well, now it's back to being the place where people think they're going to go and get mugged. Yeah. So people, it's almost like Baltimore City here. Mm-hmm. Regular, as much as people want to say, oh, you're racist for saying this. No, I, you're not understanding human psychology yeah. and, socio- and, and sociology and psychology of the human brain. People don't want to, people are going to avoid a place where they're more likely to be harmed. Right. And also a place that has apparent disorder, which Baltimore City does. When they have people, when they have gangs of kids that are running around just beating and mugging people. At the Inner Harbor, that's a problem. When you have people who are, when you have these these dirt bike and ATV crews 
running through. It's lawlessness. People observe it. And I don't want to hear the racist argument because if you go to Prince George's County, where you go to Bowie or Mitchellville or anything like that, that is also that is predominantly black, don't, don't have that problem. You don't see any of it there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna discount that argument for Baltimore City right off the break because if you look at the neighbor to the south, and they don't have those issues like Baltimore City does. So let's cut that. Let's let's just chop that right right now. Remember the school and the schools are better. Yeah, I mean it's a better life. Yeah, yeah. I mean and it's still predominantly. It's black and Hispanic. Yeah, it's eighty five percent, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, and the other, even going back to, I mean, if you want to talk about the dirt bikes and the ATVs, or the squeegee boys, mm-hmm. right? It's it's chaos that people don't want to go toward. Yeah. Even if let's say no one's going to be harmed, right? Which they could be, but let's just say there isn't. Mm-hmm. It's the chaos. Nobody right. wants to go toward the. Most people are not built like police, firefighters, army vets. Yeah, they're not going towards the danger. Yeah, most people. I'm going to say it, it. I mean, if you take out police, firefighter, first responders, all this stuff, you got maybe ninety two percent of the population left. Yeah, that ninety two percent is is ingrained to think to stay away from problems and trouble. Mm-hmm. And. You can't blame that on racism. Yeah, and he, and it's here's chaos. the thing. Yeah, and even if you do take that percentage of those those people that are your police, fire, military that just don't care, and would go down there no problem. Mm-hmm. Do they want to bring their little kids and their wife down there? Right. With them? Yeah. yeah right. And and the answer to that is no. Right. Like you know, like I can handle myself, but I'm not bringing my kids with me. And look, you you, you have people that will still go down to Cam Yards. They'll mm-hmm. still go down to the Raven Stadium. They'll still go to the Inner Harbor. They'll still go to the aquarium and all that fun stuff that's down there. Yeah. But in the back of their mind, you know, rather than going to five Orioles games, they go to one. Mm-hmm. They get their one game in to say that they went. They saw Cammy Yards this year. It's a place to go. I mean, shoot, when, when I was younger, I would go to like four, five, six games. Oh, yeah. Or, or, they, yeah. Go, or they go to the game. Mm-hmm. They go into the stadium. They watch the game. The game ends and they leave. They don't hang out for a beer. Right. No one's they don't the go to eat dinner. It's not a game, you know, dinner and a or a game and dinner or whatever. It's we're going to go in. We're going to watch the game. We're going to leave. We're going to pay to park on site or we're going to ride light rail in from Glen Burnie and it's going to drop us off right there. Yeah. And when it's over, we're leaving. So it's the same thing for the theater too. Mm-hmm. You know, like my wife and I, we went and we went down to Little Italy. To go get a nice Italian dinner from an authentic Italian family. If I, I, I'm assuming they're still owned by the the families that live down there. And then we had to drive a little ways to get to the Hippodrome. Well, on the way there, we saw an assault, mm-hmm. and we got. I think we got asked for money twice. Yeah, I don't care about the asking for money. That's going to happen everywhere, as long as they're polite, and you say no, and they let you go. Fine, I don't care. Yeah. But to witness the assault on somebody yeah, is, is like, okay, well, the immediate thought is, well, that could have been us. Yeah. So we went, we went and saw the, 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 we went to dinner, saw the play. And immediately after that, I was like, I'm not going back to, I'm not going back to Baltimore for a while. Mm-hmm. Not after what I just saw. Yeah. Now look, call me a coward, call me what you want. But I'm not, I'm one of those people that's saying, if I can go get that same experience in D.C., 
I'm going to get the Kennedy dinner, Center. Dinner, yeah, right. If I can go to dinner and then go to the Kennedy Center and see that same play, mm-hmm. I'm going there because the Kennedy Center is in a nice part of town. Yeah, I know I can go to DC, and and I guess the I mean the roles used to be reversed back what, back in the 60s and 70s. Like DC was not a good place, mm-hmm. but I mean I I feel much safer going into DC. Yeah, and I can go take my wife dinner theater. And I feel completely safe. Mm-hmm. If I have those options, I'm doing that. Yeah. I mean, shoot, I, we could probably even stay in Annapolis and do that if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. My point, I, I mean, the point is that people are not are not instinctively going to go to some place where they have a higher percentage of bad things happening to them. Yeah. Whether whether the the thoughts are unfounded or not, people are always going to be risk averse. Yeah. It's just what it is. So there's. I'm trying to think. What were we talking about before we got to this? Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> Tulsi. That's what it is. Um, but so, so essentially, she was she was basically saying that she didn't like the ideology that the Democrats were now putting out. Mm-hmm. Um, they she she said this, and we've said this before. The Democrat Party used to be the party of the workers, party of the unions. Yeah. When unions were still good. Yeah. Unions now. Like I still think like the police unions good, um, firefighters unions are probably pretty good. Nursing, there there are some good unions still left out there. Well, I think, and I, I think you, you also you, have to differentiate between the national union, right, and the local, and the right. local. So like, so like NEA, there's NEA, and then there's the local county teachers association. Yeah. So, um. But even they're getting less and less teeth to them. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you know, some of these policies strip the rights of some of these workers to strike. You, know, you can't strike in a school. You can't strike if you're a transit agency. Uh, police departments and fire departments can't strike. Right. And, and they did that because you know, they would have the city over a barrel. Yeah. Because you're going to take out all the public safety mm-hmm. and let, let the streets run lawless if you don't give them what they want. Yeah. All right, you can't really do that either. But then you took away any bite that they had by saying, "Well, you can't strike anyway," uh, or or saying any job action is uh, illegal. Right. So if a you know if a if a if you work to rule, if you get together and say we're going to work to rule, that's illegal. Right. So you can't coordinate it on a big scale. Right. Um, or if you do things like the fire department goes and every single truck that is outbroken or needs work, you drop them all off at fleet at the same at, at their fleet maintenance at the same time. Yeah. Like that organized kind of thing doesn't like that's something they can't do. Well, they what, what can they do? Yeah, it, and unfortunately, I mean the the top of the the national unions just got so fat off their off their uh, off their uh, local folks. Yeah. I mean, Richard Trumka makes like I think you. The dude is making like millions a year. Is that the AFL CIO? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's, and then you got the, yeah, the auto workers union Ted. I think, mm-hmm. like, the teachers head. I mean, they're all just raking in money hand over fist, and who knows where they're getting on the side. Yeah, and he, and that and that was one of those things where, you know, before Hoffa, like the union guy, usually came up through the ranks. Mm-hmm. And so they used to be the worker. Yeah. And Hoffa kind of changed that. And 
And and the movie um what was that movie with the Nero Pesci? Um it was that three hour long The Irishman. Sorry. Mm-hmm. The Irishman kind of went into the details of, of Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Al Pacino played played off. It was a good movie. But it kinda it kinda went into what was going on at the unions at that level. And it only got worse. Yeah. Um, so basically she was saying the Democrat party isn't a party for the workers anymore. No, it is now the party of the political elite. And the funny part about that is, is I want to say just 10 years ago, that was what you would have said about Republicans. Oh yeah. It's shocking to me. Yeah. And it's done this flip and I can't, I can't figure out, I, I think the, so I think part of it is some of these really wild leftist lefty things they 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 do. Um, you know, if you want to get into some of the the uh, the trans stuff, and and to me, like if if someone is feeling that way and that's what they, like that, okay, you know, that's if that's what's best for them, and I'll honor that and whatever. But and that's you know, great. Um, if that's how they're going to live their life and that's how they're going to be happy, okay. I think people start drawing a line when it becomes, well, now the school, the, we're going to try to influence your children. And at that point, like, no, that's, that's a decision of me and my family. That's not a decision of that I want a teacher. Okay, well, you're, you're afraid, afraid that your, your dad's going to not be happy that you and I identify as this. So, okay, at school, you're going to identify as this. And when you're at home, but we're not going to tell him. Like, no, that's, that's a family decision. The government needs to stay out of that. Or if you, if you don't provide, if you don't allow your child to, to to go look for services, child protective services can be called on you. Yeah. Um. And keep in mind, you're there. There is a lot of effort going into these types of things for a portion of the population that's under maybe half a percent. Oh, it's very small. Yeah, it's tiny. Yeah, but there's so much attention to it. Yep. And for those that don't think that this is real, yeah, you know, I, I went on the New Jersey school board website, mm-hmm. and it posted the curriculum, mm-hmm. and the curriculum for K through two, kindergarten through two, talked about gender affirmation. So we're talking about five, six, and seven year olds. Yes. Yeah. And and like so this and this was was the statewide. Department of Education that was sending the curriculum down to the locals. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that this is what was going to be implemented. And some, of course, people found out. But, I mean, it's buried in a 100-page document. Yeah. And very few people are going to read that 100-page document, but somebody did. Mm-hmm. And somebody found out. And then I went, and I read it, and I was like, wow, sure, sure, shit, there it is. Yeah. Like, and people were like, and if you go on any of those Democrat websites or or media like MSNBC. Well, this isn't happening. Yeah. It's not happening. Right. The parents in Virginia are crazy. Which led to the NEA writing the letter for the DOJ trying to persuade the DOJ to label parents at uh board of education meetings as domestic terrorists. Right. Like that was actually done. Mm-hmm. That memo exists. Yeah. And for major news networks like a CNN 
MSNBC, which, look, say what you want about legacy media, but when you combine it with the New York Times and the Washington Post, that's that's a, that's a lot of people that read those things and yeah. listen to those things. And all they're saying is, oh, these people are crazy. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist. Right. Just like uh, they, they, they'll say that uh, critical race theory isn't being taught in schools. It right. doesn't exist. It's a college-level course. Yeah. It's college-level theory. Yes, but parts of it have trickled down. Mm-hmm. The parts where it talks about you know, uh, certain races are oppressors and certain race are, certain races are oppressed. Yeah. And, again, if you go on the Sacramento Unified School District website, it puts it there in black and white. Mm-hmm. That that's what they're going to do. They're going to separate children by race to talk about race. And they're going to teach the white kids that they're oppressors. Yep. And they're going to teach the minority kids that they're oppressed. Like it's it you don't have to look hard for it. Yeah. And that doesn't do any kid any good. No. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It it and the funny part like, I don't know who's more up in it's it's almost like the white people are more okay with this than the minority groups. Yeah. Minority groups think this is nuts. Mm-hmm. And they're the like they go to the board meetings, board of education meetings, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you're teaching my kid that he's oppressed. Yeah. And so now the parents have to undo what the schools are doing. Yeah. And and all that the mainstream media tells other people in that bubble is it's not happening. No, that is not no, it's that's not happening. It's college level. It's at yeah. the college level. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but parts that the theory might be college level, but parts of it trickle are being trickled down. Where do the where do these where are these people learning? Like, if it's at college, someone's taking that course, right? And then that person, one or two of them, come out and become teachers or school administrators, and it works its way down, right? And it just divides people. Well, and then and then you've always you've got the people that say, well, we're not teaching that here. It's not in our curriculum. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a teacher, someone who works in the school. It's not happening here. I'm not saying it's here. Yeah. But I'm saying whoever is pushing this, try to push it somewhere else. Yeah. And it's being taught in other places. They just didn't get to here yet. Yeah. Or some of the places that they got to pushed back. Mm-hmm. And that's what you saw in Virginia. Yeah. Now, there were other things in Virginia that were going on, too, though. And then they said, well, they're trying to, they're trying to ban books. There were some books that were in elementary schools that were showing full-on fellatio. Yeah. In an elementary school. Yeah. That, like, look, I'm not for banning books, but there are age-appropriate books. Right. And <laughs> You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I'm not saying ban the book. I'm just saying that's not a book that should be in an elementary school. Right. Like, is that so bad? Yeah. I, I it's like, you're not putting hustlers in an elementary school. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not putting playboys in there. Yeah. Like... You can find them in the library. I think you can find them in the library, but not the school library. Right. It shouldn't be at the yeah elementary school library. Right. At least wait till middle well, school. Or <laughs> even, or even like, like romance novel or something. Yeah. Or like when they get a little steamy talking about all types of stuff going on, things touching in certain, out certain. Yeah. Ways. Is, well, is Fifty Shades of Grey going to be in the Broadneck High School library? Should it be? Sure. Or, or, but I mean, in, in the things that we're talking about aren't nearly as graphic as what's being what was put in, in those schools yeah. in Virginia. Yeah. Like they showed pictures of it. It was graphic. Yeah, I've I've seen <laughs> some of the 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 pictures of that stuff that comes out I'm like this like this shouldn't cuz I remember when I was 
like I think it was fifth grade when they had the they separated the boys and the girls. They had the birds and the bees talk where they, you know, the parents had to sign a permission slip for the kids to be able to participate well, in that. And, and the first reaction, well, where's your source? Okay, when when I'm looking at these things, like when, when I'm just reading things and I come across it, I'm not earmarking it. I'm not. I'm like. I'm not like keeping a list of these things. Yeah. So that when Joe Blow asks for a source, I just have them at the ready. Yeah. Like I barely remember where I read it from, mm-hmm. but my eyes saw it and yeah. I did read it. Right. And just because you asked for a source and I'm saying, well, I can't. I don't have it right now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it didn't exist. Right. Now look, I get it. You want to do sor- You want sources, but guess what? You got the Google machine too. And if you want to, if you want to tell me it's not there, go ahead. Yeah. But if you also don't want to do the research to find out if I'm being truthful with you, that's not on me. That's on you. Yeah. You can keep your head in the sand all you want. And I'm not saying that to be derogatory or I'm not saying that to talk down to people, but I'm just saying, look, if you don't know, you don't know. That's fine. But if someone says that they saw this, yeah, you can either disprove them or just admit that you don't want to do the work to disprove them. Well, like if you, if you came down here and said, Hey dude, I just saw a UFO and it landed in front of the house and it's there right now. I could do one of two things. I'd be like, no, you didn't. UFOs don't exist. Silly. And, or, but more likely I'm going to run up the steps to go see if I can see it for myself. Mm-hmm. Whether I am, whether I'm pro UFO or anti UFO, I'm still going to want to see if it's there. Right. So the same with this, like you can find it just as easily as anybody else can. But if but they 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 want they want to say well where's your source well I don't know what the source was well then if you don't have the source it doesn't exist right when you know damn well it does right so where's the source for UFO well, I, my eyes I saw it right <laughs> well where's your source where where did you find this you go upstairs and look at it I don't believe you it's not there right when we you know it's there so now we're forty five minutes. <laughs> we got a lot we had a lot more planned for this because uh, we did want to talk about we want to talk about Ukraine Putin and nuclear war yeah essentially I, some I thought we'd put that to bed in the you know early 90s but apparently you no know, we have all these dolts and dullards in Washington who are running things and we're back to that now so yeah I mean Nuclear war, there is no winner. There is no loser. Well, I'm sorry. Everyone's a Everyone's loser. a loser. There are no winners in nuclear war. Everyone will die. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and here's, I mean, everyone, well, not everyone. But the lucky ones die in the first strike. Well, and, and look, a lot of people think, people are going to think that you're nuts by that statement. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. If there is a nuclear strike and the whole world's just going to burn, yeah, I am hoping that I'm gone. I'm done within the first five minutes, and I'm yeah. hoping it's quick because anyone who's left is going to die that slow death. Yep, from radiation poisoning. And if anyone needs confirmation of why we would say we want to die early, if there was a nuclear attack, I'm not saying I want to die right now. I'm not saying I'm saying if there right. were nuclear bombs dropped, look at the the footage from after Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. And then they kept records of what uh, problems those people had that survived. Yeah. And it was far worse than dying. Yeah. 
within the first five minutes. Yep. Like, just take me out right away. Yep. And as much as I hate to say it, I hope all my loved ones would get taken out by the nuclear fallout or whatever mm-hmm. it is right away. Yep. Because you don't, you don't want to die that horrible slow death from radiation poisoning. Yeah. It's just an awful way to go. And even if you're far enough out from that, yep. you still have to, re- now society as you know it no longer exists. There is no law. There's no one to call to come help you. You're on your own. So there's going to be marauding bands of whoever. The strongest person is going to be in charge of whoever has the most arms is going to be in charge of whatever until someone takes that guy out. And it's going to continue. You know, you think, oh, there's some bad guys coming to my house. Let me call the police. The police aren't coming. They don't exist anymore. Right. They got wiped out in the first five minutes. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, my house is burning down. Call the fire department. Nope. They're not coming either. They're going to. Everyone else's house is burning as well. Sorry. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the bomb took everyone out. Yeah. And everything out with it. And, but, unfortunately, and I, I get the counter argument. It's like, well, do you just let them take over and kill people? We're talking about Putin, Putin here. No, you don't. But when you're dealing with a, a dog backed into a corner, you got to give them an option to get out. Yeah. And save face. Yeah. It, it's kind of like you, you're not you're not dealing with a Saddam Hussein who didn't have the weapons to cause that kind of destruction. Right. You're dealing with someone that does and has mm-hmm. a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Like a, someone who could literally take out the entire world. Yeah. With that arsenal of nuclear weapons. Yep. One one button, everything's launched, and you're all screwed. As easily as you check the balance on your on your bank account on your phone. Yep. That's that's what what this this happens and the thing is is this guy gets older what's he i mean how, how much time does he have left really right he's in his what 70s yeah i think 60s or 70s I yeah and he's but he's got i think he has parkinson's real bad he, right um i heard some people say he's got cancer some people say he's got parkinson's yeah. whatever it is you you need to <coughs> you need to let him and then uh, this is going to get a lot of blowback. You need to let him off the hook with this. Yeah. Because if you don't, you, you're not dealing with someone stable over there. No. And again, if you got him back to into a corner, into a corner and he's going to die, if, let's say he's got a terminal cancer. Yeah. He's going to die anyway. What's to say the last thing he does is pushes that button. Yeah. Elevator down. Yeah. Know? Do you want to take that chance? Like, are we taking that chance? I mean, that's like everyone saying, well, Donald Trump has the nuke codes. He's a crazy man. Yeah. Not going to back. What if this guy is just as crazy? Mm-hmm. I mean, no one no one is going to confuse Vladimir Putin for being a, a good dude. <laughs> right. Right? He, he's not invited over to what a Was it from the hangover? What do you mean the drug dealer by the liquor store was? <laughs> he wasn't a good dude? <laughs> He seemed like a straight shooter. <laughs> yeah, and that's who we're dealing with. You're dealing with the the drug dealer from beyond the, the, the quick the, the the convenience store. And we're really gonna you're really like this is the guy we're gonna play chicken with. Yeah, come on, man. Like you got. Like you all know your friends. Like growing up, like there was the kid that would have gone head to head and had a head on collision with you. Yeah. Like, you'll play chicken with, but not that dude. Like, 
You don't start a prank war with him because he's he'll set your house on fire. Right. He's gonna take. He doesn't have that. Uh, There's no off social awareness. Yeah. To know when too much is too much, yeah. right? But then you can also say the people, you know, the people that were his friends, didn't know when to stop. Either. Right. Like, yeah, all right, everyone, we need to cool the temperature down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Okay. Now's that time for this for this whole ordeal. But the the, the bad part is is that through all this. You know, the the Chinese are the ones that are saying, hey, we need to de-escalate it regardless <laughs> of how we're doing this. Right. The Chinese, like, we're supposed to be the good guys. What are you doing? But there's so much people, there's so many people making so much money off of this. Right. All this, like, Eisenhower warned about the military industrial complex, mm-hmm. and here it is. You have that, and you have permanent Washington, you have all these. And living here, we really see it because there is, for anyone who's not familiar with the D.C. area, there is... A, there's the Capitol Beltway, which runs around the city. And you really have this inside the Beltway mindset. And that's all they know. So it's it's inside the Beltway. Um, and then it kind of extends out into Northern Virginia. And that's where all of the defense contractors are. It's where the lobbying firms are. It's where, of course, the seat of federal government is. That's the Pentagon's. It's where everything is. Yeah, And... There's a whole bunch of people that are like, man, look at the money we're making and how much influence they buy. So if I can sell more, you know, if Raytheon can sell a couple more missile systems to them, you know. um, There's a reason why Montgomery County in Maryland is the richest county in America. Yeah. I think it flips back and forth between them and Fairfax. Sure. Sure. But either way. Yeah. So that's... The Fairfax is like where the Republicans go and live. Yeah, when they're in power, and, yep. and Montgomery County is where all the and Northwest are. is yeah. where the Democrats live. Sure, yeah, yeah, and I think the military-industrial complex got what they wanted. They got it. They got Sweden and Finland into NATO, mm-hmm. which meant they had to up their defense spending to two percent of their GDP. Yeah, which meant they're buying stuff from Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna buy some F eighteens and and F thirty fives and some other. So they're gonna get their piece of this war. Mm-hmm. Now it's a matter of okay, well that part of it just pissed off the the unhinged dude in Russia right. with the with the whole bunch of nukes. You now need to de escalate it. Yeah, and and I think and part of the reason why they wanted to go so hard at Ukraine was because they were afraid that the Russian army would barrel through Ukraine and then take down Poland and then keep going. But we've seen the Russian army really isn't the juggernaut. The conventional forces really aren't as, as, uh, as formidable as we fear, as we had feared. And I mean, if it were to stay strictly conventional, um, the, uh, the, and we talked about this on an episode podcast episode before um primarily us and nato forces versus versus the giant red army i'm not really my money is 100% on nato forces right because we saw they uh, maintenance logistics they just had none of it going right um so that was the well now that that fear is not act give him donbast let him have his you know and, and roll out like, but those are real people, Mike. Yeah, who are most of them identify as ethnic as ethnic Russians anyway. Right. Well, and the other side of this is look, and this is going to sound real bad. Would you rather put a couple hundred thousand people under Russian rule, or have everyone die, or nuke the planet? Yeah. You got to do your you got to do your cost analysis on this. Yeah. 
And I, I know it sounds cruel because I'm the I don't live there, right? right. I don't I don't I wouldn't be one of the people that had to switch my passport. Yeah. Or live under worse conditions. Although I have no idea what the conditions yeah. really. Or if you took all this money, they're spent forty. Was it forty billion dollars we just sent over there? In Again? military I mean, no, aid, we've we've probably sent close to a trillion dollars yeah. over there at this point. And you said, okay, everyone who's here's here's what Putin gets. Okay, everyone who lives on that side of the line that wants to be on the other side and vice versa. Here's all this money. We can make that happen. Mm. We'll build you an identical house on this side of the line so you're not Russian, so that you're Ukrainian, and you can be, because they wanted to be more modern and more Western and all sure. that. Here, here you go. This is where you live now. And then you guys want to be Russian? Go, go over that side. Right. And and end it. Well, because you, you know how much money it would cost to make each of those people rich enough to move? Probably a lot less than the money they're spending on guns and bombs. I think you could probably do it for a million bucks. Yeah. Once it's converted into local currency, oh, which yeah. is worthless probably, Yeah, you probably made a millionaires mm-hmm. and their currency with a two-story house. Yeah. And maybe a couple acres and they can keep farming and sheep and doing stuff with sheep and whatever else. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm not trying to downgrade that way of life. But I don't think it would take that much money to make them wealthy enough to move to whichever side of the line they wanted to and this is over. Yeah. I mean, and anyone said, well, that's horrible. Why would you? Look, if there was a war in this country and someone offered me $10 million to move across the line yeah. into the area that I wanted to live, phew, right. where do I sign? Do you need my bank account number? Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, okay, so you're telling me I get to live where I want to live and you're going to pay me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can negotiate a little bit. Instead of ten million, I want fifteen. Yeah. So yeah, you got it. So say it's the Mason Dixon line. Yeah. Which is uh, probably by the way the crow flies maybe forty miles from here. Sure. So you're gonna give me ten million dollars to move forty miles north? Yes. And you're gonna (laughs) and 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 I don't have to pay any money. You're just gonna give me double the land size that I've got, and I can build any house I want on it. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. See ya. Peace. Yeah. Okay. Peace. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> We're like that's a not no brainer. You need me to move now? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> right. That's a no brainer for me. Right. Can I leave all my dumb crap I don't want in my old house? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Oh, and, and oh, by the way, you're not going to keep bombing my house. Yeah. Because right now I'm living in a war zone. Yeah. So you're telling. So now you're telling me I don't have to live in a war zone anymore. I get double the land I've got already. Uh, I can build any house I want, and you're going to get, and you're going to make me a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't sign those papers quick enough. Yeah, because <laughs> my alternative is I'm going to live in a war zone, right? For however long, or the entire world's going to get nuked. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I think I'll take the I'll take I'll take option A. Yeah, I mean, what life is just a series of decisions, right? But Raytheon and <laughs> Lockheed Martin doesn't make a bunch of money off of that. No. <laughs> well, you know the weird thing is like how many wars could have been avoided. By just paying some people off. Yeah. I mean, think about how many wars in the Middle East could have not been fought if we would have just paid some people off. Yeah. Rather than, and we could have done it for a lot less than the war cost. Mm -hmm. But without the war, you don't get to replenish missiles, bombs, airplanes. Consumables. Yeah, you, you don't replace the consumables. Yeah. Ammo. Yeah. Guns. Grenades. What, I don't know. What, I don't know what even else they make anymore. Yeah. But, right. You, you don't get that quarterly boost to your profits if you're the maker of the guns, 
the boots, the the jackets, yeah, the the bullets, yeah, the grenade launchers, the missile launchers. You, you know, you don't get to sell those and post them on your quarterly profits. Yeah, so don't work for them. And and what I don't get is the fact that twenty years ago, the Democrat Party would have been the party that would be having this conversation. The passive, yeah, but they would have been the so-called pacifist party. Yeah. No, heck no, not anymore. But, but I think the wool's just been removed where you've got the permanent D.C. who are Democrats and Republicans. They're indistinguishable from one another. Um, but right now the Democrats are in power, so they're the ones that are, you know... I, so, I have a different theory on that. I think you have a Republican party where the people that... The people that elected them started to get rid of those bureaucratic DC types, mm-hmm. and the Democrat Party never did. So now you ended up, you still have some people in the Republican Party, like Mitch McConnell, uh, Kevin McCarthy's, they're still part of the Uniparty. Yeah. But there's fewer of them in the Republican Party than there are of those in the Democrat Party. So the Democrat Party is now the one that can be controlled. Yeah. And do the bidding, right? <laughs> And you've got some Republicans that will that are still on the other side that are still part of that unit party that will kind of run interference for them. Mm-hmm. But because the Republican voters are less uh, convinced by propaganda and news sources. Yeah. I, mean, I, I believe we said most people that identify as Republican or conservative leaning, they use five or five to seven news sources, whereas <laughs> most Democrats and liberal-leaning folks use one or two. Yeah. So they're less likely to... They're more likely to be uh, persuaded into one opinion versus the conservative or Republican who is reading multiple sources of news and, and information. Yeah. And so you can, can't really control the narrative as much. Um, so you've got one party who hasn't booted out all their political elites and you've got the other one who's probably 25 to 30 percent without the political elites and 70 percent still left are yeah but that 30 percent makes enough noise yeah to where they can't really do the bidding of the uniparty yeah and so because of that the democrat party became all of a sudden they became the neocons yeah like your your paul wolfs and your uh your uh donald rumsfelds mm-hmm. they'd be democrats right now yeah like those Dick are, Cheney, Dick, I mean, Dick, yeah, Dick Cheney. Think what Liz Cheney, yeah, essentially was trying to bust open the Republican Party to go back to being the Uniparty, yeah, and then, and then she lost her primary, right? Which and and the funny thing about her is like all of a sudden, like the 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 left the left leaning media loves her, loved her, and then oh. we go to I was like, wait, her dad shot somebody with a shotgun, right in the face. <laughs> Right in the face. Started out with was like evil. Like he, he he was he was enemy number one to Democrats. Yeah. Dick Cheney was. Yeah. Now he's like, oh look, it's Dick Cheney. Right. He thinks that Trump is crazy too. Yeah. He's our friend now. And so is his daughter Liz. Right. Yay. <laughs> Liz is here. She's gonna be on the January sixth committee. But, but the other thing I, I don't get is you know, Donald Trump when he was in office. He brought a lot of the like he had, um, Mike. He brought Monk, Mark, uh, Mike Pompeo in. Mike Mulvaney. Yep, yeah. uh, Mulvaney. He had uh, um, Nikki Haley. Yep. Michael Bolton. 
Oh, that, that was such the, a bad move. He was just a complete war hawk. Yeah. And the funny thing is, none of these motherfuckers, excuse my French, <laughs> um, that'll probably get us the... the uh, the, the, language, the language flag. Maybe we'll bleep that out. None of these dudes would ever put their ass in a trench or in the desert or in a tank or wherever. None of them would. Right. None of them would because they're all a bunch of little pussies. But here they are pushing for these goddamn wars. And I think that's what, what you know, a lot of my buddies, you know, a lot of my friends from our generation are seriously messed up from, from having fun in, you know, w sandbox war right and here they are you know but none of those dudes kids went right those dudes are all pushing the buttons they're not going there no you know wars are fought by poor people yeah and there's there's no denying that you know um they got no problem sending young conservative family children to war yeah because let's face facts the majority of the military is made up from red state kids. Yep. And then you got your... Or, poor, or poor Democrats. Yeah. Poor, Either way. Poor, poor white kids, poor black kids, poor Spanish kids. Do you get their, do you get blown up in some for some pointless war somewhere? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're sending them over there. And that's I think that's a lot of the buck on these people, too, um, is... Well, well that, people don't understand that about the populist movements. They're, they're populist is Nazis. No, populists just mean let's take care of our own. Yeah. First, before we start trying to do all this other stuff. Yeah. Like that, I mean, everyone's like, oh, that's America first. Well, yeah, people are fed up with Americans getting the shaft. Yeah. And the thing is, I've got, I have three boys, you know, the oldest is 10. So depending on what these idiots do, I don't want my son going and dying in some pointless war somewhere. Right. For what? So that, so that, the next version of Donald Rumsfeld or Paul Pelosi gets better return on his investments. Right. Can get that extra yacht. Yeah. Right. The, you know, and what, what do we get? A gold star to hang in our window? Right. Right. Well, it, what is it? It's, it's, that, it's, the, it's the, red, the red bars, the white middle, and then like the blue star in the middle. Yeah. You get the however many are yeah. serving, and then you get a gold star for KIA. Right. Well, I'd rather have my kid than a gold freaking star. Right. Yeah. And he's not fighting the Nazis in Europe. Right. You go to some fight some nondescript enemy. Let's let's drop a million dollars worth of bombs from a from a hundred million dollar aircraft on a on a mud hut. Like this doesn't make any sense. But Mike, it's about human rights now. Right. So human rights. Spreading democracy one JDAM at a time. Listen, girls aren't allowed to go to school over there. Yeah. They can't go. They don't get her. They get sold off like cattle, Mike. That's not humane, right? You know, and we should be saving them. We need to save everybody. And then we're going to go and do it. And then once we're tired of, we're going to leave. Right. Well, we're going to go there. We're not going to accomplish any of that. But we are going to go make it so that you know all those consumable weapons were consumed. Yeah. And now people have to order new ones. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we might have killed a lot of civilians too. Hmm can't replace them yeah well maybe they can you know make they're gonna replace them with robots or something who knows but i think as you get older i feel like in our 20s like in my 20s i'm like yeah let's go let's go kill some people dude in in my 20s i would have gone except i was too fat to get in i couldn't get in either i was ready to roll (laughs) you know but when Um, you but when you have the benefit of hindsight you're like well wait a minute 
all these all these dudes just got rich off of this. And it's just like you really start at, 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 and yeah. What, what do they say? Wisdom's wasted on the youth. Yeah. Or no, wi- you no. Uh, um, youth is wasted on the young. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, because you you really, as you get older, you kind of see through all the bullshit. Yeah. And you're just like, wow. I was fed a whole bunch of garbage. Yeah. About what it was and what it was, it was like. And, and I mean, it all kind of and that all kind of started with the whole Bush and the WMDs. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't have them. And they knew they were never there. Yeah. It's like, and the weird thing is like Democrats were always the first ones to point that out. Yeah. They were the anti-war people. Yeah. And look, I don't want to say that the Clintons kind of changed that. But Clinton, with Clinton doing his thing over in the Baltics, Mm -hmm. the Kosovo, Albania, and Slovakia and all, like he was in, in that. Yeah. And then you had Bush that came after him, and he started more wars. But look, you had the first Bush that did the first Iraq war. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Up until Trump, every single president started a new war. Yeah. From from before Reagan, Reagan did the Cold War. Now, the Mm -hmm. Cold War was just, we're going to outspend someone and starve them to death. Yeah. But you had Bush won, did the first Gulf War. Clinton did the Baltics. Yep. And continued stuff in in sure. uh, the Middle East. Bush the second, more Iraq, Iraq yeah. too. Obama continued Iraq. At, yep, Iraq and, and Afghanistan. And continued Afghanistan. And then you had Trump. Now people are gonna say, "Well, he didn't get he didn't get us out of Afghanistan." No, he started that ball rolling. Yeah. And and then Biden came in and took credit for it. Yeah. And, well, well. Effed it up, right? And took the credit for. He said, "Well, we're still out of there." Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but he like Trump was the first one to not start a new war. Yeah. Or continue or wanted or try to continue. Although, because didn't Obama start Syria? So that was all us and the Russians, right? So yeah, Obama was started that one, right? So that was all part of that Arab Spring, right? When they were letting all the uprisings go and. That started in, and it's still going on, but that started with, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there was operatives and all kinds of stuff down there helping the um, the rebels or whoever they were against uh, Bashar al-Assad. And not a good dude by any stretch. Nope. But, you know, he's, you know, bombing his own people. Just But the thing is, they all do it over there. Something new. And then the Russians come in, but that created this vacuum, which allowed uh, ISIS to spring up. And ISIS, we, everyone's so bad, like, even, like, Al-Qaeda was like, whoa, these guys are pretty <laughs> awful. <laughs> like, you know you're you know you're know bad when Al-Qaeda's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Like people that literally took Daniel Pearl's head off. Yeah. On YouTube. Right. And they're like, ooh, I don't know if we yeah, can get down like, with that. <laughs> when the Taliban and the Mujahideen and Al-Qaeda is like, yeah, y'all are pretty, kind of crazy. <laughs> Where they're like, please save us from them. Yeah. <laughs> like, so now Trump did go in there and, you know, they did some special spec ops and bombed the crap out of, out of ISIS, which I think, I don't think anyone here is thinking like, oh yeah, let's, uh, let's keep ISIS around. No, no, but. It was a much more. It was a much less uh, personnel intense movement. Yeah, you weren't putting more young kids in harm's way. 
Yeah. You were using the technology you had so that you didn't have to yeah. do that. But one of the one of the issues is is that like during that time the Russians were operating aircraft in support of Assad. We were operating aircraft in support of the rebels. Mm-hmm. It really could have gotten nasty had say an American and a Russian aircraft started tagging with each other. But yeah, but then they but then they kind of start working together to yeah. get rid of ISIS. Yeah. So then it turned into Syria, Syria, Russia, and the U.S. Drop and the rebels. Yeah. Just trying to get these people the hell out. Yeah. Like, so we, we can't have any of this. Right. <laughs> we'll go back to fighting later. Yeah. We need to get these guys out. Right. Right. So that was such a such a weird and confusing war. Yeah. It still is. I I still don't think I know it. <laughs> as, as, like no. I don't know the details of all of it. And who uh, we just gotta wait for the next. The next group of of assholes to pop up over there. So, sure. or anyway, I mean, shoot, they could be in North Africa. I mean, remember the you don't hear much about the Somalis pirates, no, hijacking no. ships because they started. Well, there was the people on the ships. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was also um, I forget the the group that was affiliated with Al Qaeda in Nigeria. Right. So the ones that abduct that's that kidnapped the girls, you know. Right. And then there was the lazy, you know, hashtag save our girls. So the so the big news, Tulsi leaving the Democrats and all the other political fun stuff we just talked about there. Toward the end of this episode, we told you guys every two weeks we would talk about our weight loss. <laughs> Although <laughs> loss is gonna be a fun word this week. I did not lose any weight. No, me neither. No, I might have gained some. In fact, I don't think my, I don't think my uh, my scale goes above three fifty. So I don't know if I can actually take my weight anymore unless I go to the doctor's office. You got to go on Amazon get a fat boy scale. That's true. I do need. I could do that, right? I mean, I have one. Yeah, I, I should do that. I should. I need to go get a new one. Um, so I'm going to say that I stayed. I'm going to be optimistic. I stayed steady at three fifty. <laughs> yeah. So. I am working another angle, so um, I guess two weeks ago I went to the urologist to to get some some dude stuff checked out, and mm-hmm. uh, the urologist sent me to get some blood work done um, to check my testosterone levels. So I did that. Do you have the um, result back? Not yet. Oh. I just I had the blood blood drawn today. Oh, all right. So. Um, I kind of didn't work out or eat right or do anything over those two weeks. It, it works out as a cliffhanger for us. Yeah. Because now people will get to find out what happened two weeks from now. Yeah. We'll uh, see. And I don't have my appointment until November 29th with the natural path. Um, that's when I'll start doing all my blood work, find mm-hmm. out what's going on with me. And the uh, I looked more into those GLP-1 drugs. So I guess okay. there's like GLP-1 and GLP-1-RAs, which are receptants, receptor, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know what the heck it is. It sounds like the side effects are pretty nasty. Ugh. Like as far as like nausea, vomiting, and Poo-poo. diarrhea go. Um, you want to you wanna have me not do something? Throw those in there. I could do a head cold. Mm-hmm. I could do any of that. I, I, I had COVID twice. I was yeah. fine. Um, I'm not dealing with... Like, norovirus? No thanks. And that sounds like norovirus. Yeah. For me, yeah, vomiting and nausea are my two no-nos. Yeah. Uh, diarrhea, whatever. I'll, I'll handle that. 
I'm used to I'm used to going a lot anyway. Yeah. For me, the nausea one would be bad. Um, it's not everyone that you know does it gets it, but uh, I could see myself trying it and maybe tapping out after mm-hmm. two weeks. Yeah, because it's it's once weekly. Yeah, on the injection, it's it's uh, seroglutide, mm-hmm. which is Wegovy. Yeah. Now, of course, when Rogan and Tulsi were talking, they were talking about it's either seroglutide or sema. Sema glutide? I forgot which glutide it is. But anyway, basically they were busting on Kim Kardashian for talking mm-hmm. about it. But it is, it is, as much as we love the FDA on the show, but it is FDA approved for weight loss. Mm-hmm. So there is some medical merit to it. It's not just Kim Kardashian trying to right. hawk, some, hawk some stuff this time. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think she's got any, unless she's got some stock in the pharmaceutical companies that sell all these, but every every single one of them has their own version. Yeah. Um, so the good news is, is like, it's, it's one of those drugs where you can go on it for a few months, lose some weight and, and go off of it. But it mm-hmm. also just from the way now I'm seeing that they work, it basically makes you, f- it basically just makes you feel full. Okay. So it almost works like a gastric bypass in that it, it makes you, f- it, it, it doesn't allow you to eat. Like you lose your appetite for the most part. And that could be where some of the nausea and vomiting yeah. come from. But I, I'm definitely going to talk to the, the natural path and the, and the nurse there more about those drugs. Yeah, see what they And also they depends say. on what the blood work comes back yep. as, you know. Um, yeah, I think uh, um, another – so talk about the naturopath. Um, for anyone who's interested, uh, there's a – he has a podcast. His name is it's Dr. Jade Tita, T-E-T-A. And um, his podcast, if you just search JT to podcast, you'll find it. Yeah. But he gets into a lot of this stuff. Yeah. A lot of the blood work, a lot of the naturopath, and, and digging deeper into what um, what causes a lot of ailments. Rather than, we call it health care in this country, it should really, should really be called sick care. Right. Um, and then another guy, uh, Dave Smith. Who does the, com- uh, the comedian and politician? Yep, there's him, <laughs> and then um, the I listen to one. It's a company called Ways to Well, which is another very interesting. It's a natural naturopath type of thing, but uh, yeah, if you get if you look at at that, um, I think you get some good information and just another way a perspective of looking at things. Well, and the, and the key, the, the one thing that kind of like turned me on to a naturopath was the fact that. It's not just some hippity dippity doo trying to say, oh, take this vitamin, take that vitamin, yeah. you know, pray to the trees and <laughs> and, and hug some dirt, you know, meditate. It, yeah, it wasn't. It's not that. It's it's a matter. It, like they do blood work to see what your underlying ailments are. Yeah, like they're actually going to use science to work your weight loss. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I can go get my my blood work done, and the guy's going to say you're perfectly fine. Do your caloric deficit, and and actually do it. Yep, you stooge. You know, and and it might have to go that way, but yeah, it's better than trying everything, nothing working because your body chemistry is shit. Yep. So if we can work out the body chemistry first, and then maybe and then go back to that without the drug, great. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying like I'm I definitely want to go on the drug. I don't. I'm not dead set on going on. Yeah. A seroglutide or whatever semaglutide. I'm not dead set on that. But at least with the blood work. 
I will know for 100% sure what's going on in my body. Yeah. Yeah, and just a correction, it's not Dave Smith. That was a good episode, though. <laughs> um, the guy's name is Brigham Bueller. Okay. So oh, you, you, you were way off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Samsonite. But I, I, <laughs> but I listen to him, like, because when I listen to I go through and I read the description yeah. and decide whether I want to listen. So Brigham Bueller, um, that's the company Ways to Well. Uh, and then the Jade Tita uh, stuff is, it's called the Next Level Human. And he gets into a lot of workout stuff. He gets into uh, dietary stuff. His whole thing is is the toggles, which is the um, <clears throat> eat more, exercise more model, eat less, exercise less, that sort of deal. So, um, but check those guys out. I think you'll get some good information there, uh, just to different perspective rather than just you know caloric deficit and eat steamed toast. Definitely. Um- we ran a little long. We're at an hour and 20 minutes on this, although probably once I put in the intro, we'll probably be like 122. So we uh, probably our longest episode yet. Yeah. And we hope you stuck around. We hope it was informative. I know we kind of, we talked about some politics stuff, but we also wanted to make sure we got you an update on the weight loss uh, because we did promise that every other week. So you won't hear about uh, any, any updates next week but you will hear about it the week after that. So we appreciate you listening. Drivewaybeerspodcast.com. Uh, listen on any platform. You can go to drivewaybeers, drivewaybeerspodcast.com slash subscribe. Click on any one of the podcast fl- platform buttons. It will send you directly to the show. Or just type in Driveway Beers and we come up. And any platform you got. Um, we appreciate you listening. And we will talk to you soon. <laughs>